This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Tuesday, February 6th, and we are now 79 days away from the 2024 NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Under 80 to go. The All-Star Games are in the rearview mirror. We've got next up on the draft event list, it's combine time. And we've got plenty to talk about here over the next hour. We've got Nick Harris and Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam in the back. Brian, Bobby, and Zach Wolchuk are all doing their thing out at Radio Row with 105.3 The Fan, our home for draft coverage, of course, every year. And uh, they are out there just mixing, mingling, doing their thing, yep. networking, talking to scouts, talking to, to agents that are available. And, yeah, and surely not having a good time with that. Yeah, us. like they're definitely yeah. not having a couple drinks or not I'm having any fun. Yeah. Not, funny. not any I did not, good food or I anything. I did not know, guys. I did not. Well, because I have been to a Super Bowl um, on accident. I have been to a oh, that's story for a whole nother day. <laughs> <laughs> on accident, I'm telling okay. you. Um, I have a good friend that uh, plays piano for Bruno Mars. So the year that they were in Houston, huh. he hits me up like, hey, come down. You can go to the events. You can go. He always gets me tickets. That's, that's my buddy. So I'm like, okay, cool. I pull up, and it's funny because I'm here now. So I pull up in my Kia in my Buffalo Wild Wings Uniform. Neither one of those are sponsors, but we'll keep going. Hey, she, had, she worked there. That's her sponsor. <laughs> I worked there. I worked there. I pulled up. In my Kia. I've heard this and, story. And it's the Four it. Seasons. It's the Four Seasons. It's fancy. He just drops the pen to me. Uh-huh. I pull up. The uh, valet comes up to me. He's like, ma'am, I'm sorry to rush you, but Mr. Jones is behind you. Jerry. Huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, crap. Not I leave, Daniel? I leave all my stuff. <laughs> You're funny. I leave all my stuff in the car. But anyway, it's an event. Yeah. It is a big deal. Oh, like yeah. I'm, I, I didn't realize until kind of seeing some of the stuff, like with the Chiefs and their interviewing and all this stuff. And, and that I'm was like, in Houston. Imagine what it is in Vegas. Yo, I'm like, yo, this is this. How, I wonder how. I thought to myself, how do the players stay grounded? You with don't. All of the. It takes a different le- different level of discipline. I'm assuming because it, it just. I'm just looking at. It, I'm like, yo, this is entertainment. This is interviews and lights and cameras and i don't know it just seems like a lot i didn't know it was like that yeah and by a certain point in your career like when you're tom brady and you get to like that ninth super bowl like i've been through this already so it's (laughs) that's a distinct advantage that you have late in your career being able to take over something like that you're right it's just nuts i've just been looking at all the media coverage from the super bowl right now and i'm just like what is going on add taylor swift into the equation too please that makes it it's a spectacle. We'll see it if is. she even gets there. We'll see if it gets there in time. I hope she does. I really do. I do too. What's, I what's happening? What's happening? Why she's in Tokyo she the day before, like the night before. She's in Tokyo and then has to take a 13-hour flight. She would have to leave like at 11:30 to make it happen or something like that. I've seen like 15 infographics about it on social so media. Funny. They're gonna find a way. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna find. They're a gonna way. track that flight too. It's gonna be a whole Twitter oh, thing dude, on Saturday for real. night. Everybody's gonna pick up whatever jet she's on, and they're yeah. gonna be on oh flight aware, just I mean, looking she at it all. Take her own jet. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, it's like a coaching search. <laughs> it will Please. Be. It's gonna be Swifties on the coaching search. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think she'll be there. I hope she is. That'd be fun. Interesting. All right, we've got plenty to talk about draft wise and of course twitter on the 20 coming up in at the 20 minute mark i just sent out the tweet so if you have questions for the show 
go to Kyle underscore Yeomans on Twitter and uh, hit us up there. That's how we're going to take it. I, I didn't send it out early this morning like I normally do. I sent it out like 10 minutes ago. So send it to us now and we'll answer your draft questions. We're also going to talk about the Senior Bowl here in a matter of moments and, and really what happened out in Mobile. But first, I wanted to go through some hypotheticals. We've done this on this show once or twice where we put together first, second, third round mock drafts. And I want to choose which one would you rather have out of these potentials. And then I've got a wild card that we're going to throw in here too. So one that you don't know of, one that something uh, will will happen that isn't at pick number 24. So we're going to start things off with round one. And these are Dallas Cowboys picks, right? Okay. i got to write these down. Yep, write yeah, them down. Too. Round one, Jackson Powers Johnson. Center or offensive lineman, I guess I should say, out of Oregon is your first round pick trying to bolster that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Round two in this scenario, the linebacker out of Texas A&M, Edgerin Cooper, is your next man up. And then you've got in round number three, Trey Benson. Trey Benson, of course, the famed running back who played his final couple uh, snaps with Florida State. He was kind of all over the place, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Before that, was he with Oregon? Previ- yeah, Oregon previously. And then he transferred to Florida State, had a phenomenal season for the Seminoles. That is your first scenario. JPJ, followed by Edron Cooper, Trey Benson. Mm-hmm. Oregon, Texas A&M, and Florida State all together. Did you just break a microphone? The mic is falling apart. Oh, that's, no. a, that's like the third <laughs> piece that's falling off. Try not to mess with it too much because Beamer will come in here and he'll fix it like that. I've been trying to yeah, play it off but I guess I, can, I guess I keep The microphone is not a big just, Trey Benson fan. It's yeah. not. It's made a scene since you started talking about these scenarios. So apparently the microphone wants segment number two. That, that's, that's good. Uh, for, so here's, here's choice number two. Out of that, first off, do you want to give thoughts on that first trio? Let's give it. Let's give some thoughts on the first trio. Yeah. So uh, you have round one, Jackson Powers Johnson. You're able to solidify uh, up front in, in, in the interior. There, I'm trying to do this while typing. Uh, you, you solidify the interior there. A, a really good run blocker as well. Um, and you would have to think, from a Cowboys perspective, it would be a replacement for Tyler Biotis if he were to leave in free agency. The one thing that you don't have in this scenario is tackle help. So mm-hmm. uh, you would either have to get that in free agency or bring back Tyron Smith and hope for the same level or better health than you had this year. Um, but you're able to get a linebacker that's really productive and can stop the run and play in coverage. And you're able to get a running back that was really productive for a really good team last year. Yeah, I mean uh, – it, it- if we're being honest, besides the fact that you're not touching, you're not getting a tackle early. This is this is cooking with gas, in my yeah. opinion. This is this would be <laughs> ideal on a whole nother level to be able to get um, a runner. That's also also too. I think if you pair him with another running back, um, he can do some things in the passing game. Runs with some ferocity. Edron Cooper, we know what he's capable of doing and how he can read and react. And then with Jackson Powers Johnson, I mean, probably to me the. I, I, at, at all the positions, when you look at every player in the draft, I think this might be the most balanced player, period, in his position specifically. So um, I'm all for this. This is this is candy if, if it happens. Easy money, right? Mm-hmm. Easy money. All mm-hmm. right. So that's that's a pretty good draft. I like it overall because I like what you can do up front. I like the fact that you, you solidified the second level with a guy who has some versatility in Cooper. He can rush the passer if you want him to. I think he would pair very nicely with DeMarvey and Overshaw. I was about to say all that length. Mm-hmm. Tons of length at the second level. I think you've got a lot there. And then you get a solid bell cow-esque running back in Mm -hmm. Trey Benson. So you you really check boxes in this first one. The second one is a lot of fun, too, though. 
Tyler Guyton is your first round pick, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. That is your sec- that is the first pick of the second scenario. Followed by Tavondre Sweat, one of my favorite players in the entire draft. He's one of my pet cats, the defensive tackle out of Texas. And yes, they do have Byron Murphy the second. Don't mix the two up because they're different players. Sweat, six foot, what, four, 360 pounds? Yes. I mean, yes. just Every bit of it. a big time mm-hmm. force. Unit. Yes, a machine on the inside. I think he's, if he's even there in round two, don't waste your time. Make the pick. And then you've got a, a, a run stuffer in the middle. And then your third round pick, this is interesting because you're talking about value here as well. Brendan Rice, wide receiver from USC. Interesting. What you got going on there, Aisha? What are you thinking out, uh, out of those three names? Guyton, Sweat, and Rice. You think they would attack a, a wide receiver that early? Uh, if he's on the board. That's okay. That's the and right. If it's Jerry Rice's son. That's the right answer. Um, <laughs> I, with with Brendan Rice, one of the first things that stood out to me, and he displayed it at the Senior Bowl as well. Is his hands are so strong. I mean, yeah. the way that he's able to he snatches the ball out of the air. Um, just a, a physical player. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that. And as far as Tyler Guyton, I see a lot of. Don't kill me. I see a lot of. Tyler Smith in his game. I see a lot of that um, ang- that angry play and also to his anchor just has that strength that you're looking for that I felt like Tyler had as well. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I Actually, somebody posted on Twitter like the Tavondre Sweat thing if he's there in the second round and I posted uh, the uh, Wakanda Forever uh, <laughs> yeah. without question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and um, I, there were some people who disagreed and I was very curious as to why anybody would be hesitant. Do you think it's also because maybe people have a bad taste in their mouth for some of the things that we've done with DT here the last couple of years? I don't know if it's up? necessarily that or if fans want different positions you know and that's, that's probably fair. something like like tweet at us guys like if, if getting a defensive tackle in the second round if you have a problem with that why is the problem is it more so you see a, a need for a position elsewhere or is it the history of d tackles mm-hmm. i think if there's a really good d tackle that you feel like can stop the run in that second round and you can be confident that can come in early and, and play early uh, you're gonna need that i mean jonathan hankins is only getting older if you bring him back in free agency he's only getting older i mean he's talked to he, he released a youtube video a couple days after the uh green bay packers loss and mm-hmm. he said he's contemplated retirement the last two off seasons but you know that he's going into this offseason ready to attack it again he said he'd love to be a dallas cowboy yeah. you would have to think that he's back um but I, I mean you have to start planning for the future at that position it would not be a bad time to do it it's a good d tackle class so out of those two before i throw in the wild card okay out of those two which one do you like so far out of the two scenarios and i'll tweet these out by the way i'm gonna send them out there you talked about the fans getting involved in the break i'll i'll tweet them out there and kind of see what they're going with oh we've got film behind us is beam cooking something up right Come now on. uh <laughs> but yeah we've we've got something going on with with these two scenarios because you're fixing both spots at this point what's the wild card well i want to i want to hear your thoughts well, going into talks. the wild card it's too important Okay. Thoughts going into the wild card round? Don't give me that. Stop. No, 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 no. I will cry <laughs> on this show right now. Can we, get a, can we get a super wild card, like a fourth one? N- no. 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 Or like a seventh seed? No, this is a good one. It is a super wild card. Guyton has some flex, yes? You could say so. I'd like to keep him at tackle, though. Okay. We know how people do these days. Yeah. Because I think that would matter. Because you yeah. know Jackson Powers Johnson has flex. Yes, he does. So when you're comparing the two offensive linemen, what we talked about this last week, what is the biggest thing that you want to address? Is it tackle or is it center? 
I think it depends on what happens in free agency. I think it's yeah. really dependent on that. And <laughs> it's tough. You've gotten it's tough. You've gotten in trouble previously about oh, there's there's some footage. There's Tyler Guyton footage out there. Tyler you've, Guyton against Darius Robinson, edge rusher from uh, uh, Missouri. And this Darius is, actually is a, a handful. Yeah, yeah, he got around him pretty quick there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you're talking about position flex, you've gotten in trouble the last couple of years looking at position flex. I know Brian had brought that up previously. Uh, does that stop you at all from saying? Okay, Jackson Powers Johnson has some position flex, but I want him at center. Tyler Gatton's not a question. He's going to be a tackle. That's how it's going to end up working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do. I said it last week. I do think we should position flex shouldn't be a band aid. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's nothing wrong with shoring up spots and, and guys filling in and things like that. But I do think it is very difficult. Everyone's not going to be able to take this information and to learn from it and be able to just plug and play and stuff like that. I mean, Tyler Smith and what he's he was able to do at tackle and guard is commendable, but it's not something I recommend for early development. I understand that, like, other team, other players have done it. They play guard for a little bit and then play tackle and stuff, but I am at a place to where I think that we should be, this is your position, mm-hmm. let's refine it, let's let you master it. So well, I say that to say that I, I, I worry about them looking at, oh, he's flexible here, and then having them do all this different stuff. I would like for people to just be able to come in and play their spot. Yeah, I Me. agree. That's how I feel now. What, what? Just what? know that there's a possibility out there in the multiverse that uh, the Dallas Cowboys have three Tylers on their offensive line next season. I'm going to cry. <laughs> we can't get – what is it? What is it about it? It's everybody – every good offensive lineman that plays in a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> uniform has the first letter of their name being T. That's what it is. Yeah. Terrence, yeah. Tyler, Tyron – Tyler. And, yeah, Tyler, Tyler. I'm going to ask my friend. Except for Zach. I guess gonna, Zach is pretty good. I'm yeah. going to ask my friend about that. I'm going to ask my friend because at this point it feels like maybe even a subconscious thing they're doing and they don't even realize it's it. It's subconscious, for sure. Because, baby, ta 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 Have mercy. All right, so which one do you like more? JPJ, okay, okay. Edron Cooper, Trey Benson, or Tyler Guyton, Sweat, and Brendan Rice? Which one do you like? I'm taking the Jackson Powers Johnson one. I, I'd, I'd love to be able to um, solidify the middle of that offensive line with a guy that can be on a cheap contract or a rookie contract for the first uh, four to five years and then be able to just sit and hone in on that center position. We see how valuable Travis Frederick was in this building yeah. uh, for as long as he was here. Um, you know, Get a guy that can do hopefully similar things. Uh, and then you solidify that second level with Edger and Cooper. You bring in a guy who's been durable. He's been productive. Um, I was I, I was the one who kind of made this little scenario yeah. here. I was between Edger and Cooper and Peyton Wilson in this spot, but I wanted to get a guy that had health because I wanted the, the wild card to be the running back in the third round yep. and being able to take Trey Benson there. Uh, I think you can pair him with whatever you want to do. I think you, you can have a, a lot of different possibilities to do with Trey Benson. He could be that power back or he can be kind of that secondary back. I, I think when you bring him in and bring him in through OTAs and training camp, you kind of have that flexibility and you can pair him with a free agent or with uh, Tony Pollard and, and have some ability there. But that's that's the scenario I like before the wild card. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me because I do think you get some really um, a lot of upside from the the Guyton, Tavondre Sweat, and Brendan mm-hmm. Rice. Um, I think that's your value trio. I think you're looking at those three guys, and those are all value picks. Yes, I mean, Guyton absolutely. is there, Sweat is there, Rice is there. You feel really good about those three. The JPJ, Edron Cooper, Trey Benson, that's a need fit, if yes. anything. I mean, you're taking three guys that you feel like can pl- plug and play right now in those positions. Yeah, that's what makes it difficult because I do, I, I wholeheartedly feel like this center class is one of the better ones we've seen. Some of these interior guys are some of the better ones we've seen. And I don't want to pass up on that opportunity because center is one of those positions, too. I feel like it's, 
it's up and down what you get year to year specifically. And so when you do have a year where there's some good interior guys, you go get it. Like you, you go get it because it stabilizes your offensive line in a way that even a tackle can't. So I would definitely um, lean to the side of the Jackson Powers Johnson, Edron Cooper, Trey Benson. Although the guidance of Andre Sweat and Brendan Rice draft, that would be these are that'd be, I'd that'd be, be vibes. I'd be happy. Yeah, you that'd hear be the me? Vibes draft. It would be vibes. Vibe That's draft. a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. All right. So here's the wild card. Okay. I've thrown this out there. We're going to do it live. You, you, all, us three, we are in the war room currently. Uh-oh. We yeah. are going to draft live. Oh, Here's what happened sure. at 24, okay? You are no longer picking at 24. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens got on the phone. They really liked Amarius Mims, the tackle out of Georgia, who is still available at 24. I hang up the phone, but Please. go ahead. Exactly. I think I would, too. But we, we went ahead and we, we said, we'll listen to your offer. Baltimore came in and they said, we're going to send you our third round pick. And we're also going to send you our fourth round pick. There's a couple of options there. Oh. 56. So you, you, you now have to move down from 24 to 30. You go to, you've still hold on to 56. You also have 87, 93, and you pick up 130. Those are your, your picks there. So you, you pick up two extra selections off of moving down from 24 to 30 on your clock. And you get a fourth-round pick that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. 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 I'm going to do it. Because also, too, I mean, we were at the Shrine so you don't Bowl. hang up the phone. you got to listen. No, to no I'm hanging up the phone. Because it's <laughs> Let Mims. Me start. It's a Marius Because Mims. it's Mims. First. Now, if they were calling and they're like, hey, you know, we're looking at Kenyon Mitchell, that'd be a lot because he's somehow slid or Terry and Arnold. And I'm like, okay, like, go ahead. I, mm. I'd, I'd listen. But if it's a tackle that's yeah. slipping, you're you're the one that's hopping on the phone with yourself. You got like a guy at the end of the table. It's like, hey, you yeah. know, like that's it's no. It's, to it's move Marius down Mims. six spots, you picked up 93 and 134. I was trying to find that I'd take a Marius Mims. Take but Mims. I, but let's let's look into the scenario here. So you slip down to 30. Who are you taking at 30? Is that the question? Yeah, you're taking a 30. Who are you taking there? We've got the the guys who went off the clock initially between Mims and – or these are the guys you missed out on. Marius Mims, Georgia. Troy Franklin, wide receiver, Oregon. Ennis Rakestraw, corner from Missouri. Jordan Morgan off the board at 27, tackle from Arizona. I think that's the guy you were hoping you could maybe still pick up at 30. Kamari Lassiter, corner from Georgia. And then Braylon Trice, 29 to Detroit. Uh, Washington edge rusher for that one. So the names that you've got on the board, you've still got a quarterback there. Penix is there. Byron Murphy is still there. Ladd McConkley. Tyler Guyton is still available at 30. Is Graham Barton still there? Let's see. Barton, Barton, Barton. I don't see him here initially. If not, I'm taking Guyton. Yeah, I, mean, I was that's, about to say, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay with taking Guyton there as well. Graham Barton is still available. I'm probably taking Graham Barton then. Because <sighs> that center position. I'm t- I'm t- you got to get it. You still got Graham Barton? You guys want to take Graham Barton? I'm I'll okay take with Graham it. Barton. <sighs> So what you're I'm doing there? between Guyton and ding, 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 ding. Who's Please. higher on your board right now? Uh, who's higher on my board? Yeah. Graham. So let's take Graham. Okay. Don't window dress. Let's go. Barnes. Boom. Got it. So we not only picked up two extra selections, but we also still took a solid offensive lineman in the first Which round. Which is okay. a huge deal, dog. Because like, yeah. that for, not having a fourth round, and I'm very curious to see what they do to maybe address that um, before the draft. Uh, because... Not having a fourth just feels so big to yeah. me, especially in this draft. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's so much, so uh, so much mid round. You pick talent. up a different top one hundred pick too. You yeah. pick up you, now you pick at eighty seven and ninety three. Yeah, and you've got a fourth round pick in the meat of this draft where you mm-hmm. need to pick up linebackers. 
I mean, I think trade down scenario is is yeah. already looking pretty good. In the second round, picking at uh, what is this fifty six? Fifty six still. Uh, Jatavian Sanders is there. Braden Fisk from Florida State. Uh, Xavier Worthy from Texas. Edron Cooper A and M. We talked about him a moment ago. Tavondre Sweat from Texas. Jeremiah Trotter, linebacker from Clemson, still available there. Uh, any names that stick out there at the moment? That yeah, you would, Tr- Trotter you would... and Cooper for yeah, sure. Um, I'd probably go ahead and say Cooper. Yeah, you take spot. Cooper there. What would you take? <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about. They're Cooper. two different linebackers. One's got length, and one purely does not. And mm-hmm. that's Trotter. But you talk about, I mean, film awareness. You talk about sideline to sideline ability. Trotter's got a lot of that. pedigree. Yeah, pedigree. I mean, yeah. I would probably take Trotter there. I know that it's not yep. pretty or it's not sexy. I guess you want to say, but at the same time, you I said just, you're taking Trotter. Yes, because I just like his. We need the Cowboys rather. Mm-hmm. They need somebody to be able to stand in there and read, react, be physical consistently. I know we talk about the length, but, I mean, I know that whatever – we haven't talked about it, but whoever comes in here from a defensive coordinator's Mm -hmm. standpoint may not be running as much dime and nickel. However, you do still have safeties who can do some of that stuff that you may be worried about lengthwise with Trotter to me. I'm like, yo, I just like his fire. I like the way he plays. And I like the way that Edron plays, but I'm I'm more – Cooper jumps off the tape more to me. He he yep. did initially to me. Yeah, being I think this is an interesting kind of predicament here because since we started draft talk, it's kind of almost a foregone conclusion at this point that the Cowboys fan base wants offensive line in the first first round. Yes, yeah. is really? it starting to get to that point with a linebacker in the second round? Ooh, it's getting there. I, I feel like it is. You know, you look at the talent at the top of the board for yep. linebackers, and that's your, where you're probably going to see a run in the late second round or early third round. If you want to go get a good one, you probably have to go get it at 56. I, I agree completely with you. Yeah, yeah I, I think by the time you get to those later rounds, these top guys are going to be gone. Yeah. I do think there are some value some value guys. Like, uh, I don't want to butcher his name again. I, it's hard for me to say. The the gentleman that was here at the Shrine Bowl. Darius Moussau. Moussau. Yeah. Um, I do think he is actually probably going to be rising up some people's board. Sure. So From UCLA. You, yeah, from UCLA. So when you look later down the board, yeah, the, the talent does – drop off a bit and i do think you're gonna address linebacker you're gonna have to do it early yo sorry oh no 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 i didn't want to cut you off no 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 no. i I do want to ask do y'all but do y'all think that linebacker is something that you would have more i mean you got possibly a coach coming in for a year next year yeah kind of still in that win now situation do you want to bring in another rook to help this or do you i I mean if you're if you're expecting leighton vanderesh to come back no okay I don't think anybody in this building is expecting Leighton Vanderesh to be what he was. Okay, so that, that kind of answers my question in regard to, okay, so if you attack free agency to get a linebacker that can help you win now, does that change how you look at linebacker as far as, okay, I'm going to go get a guy early as opposed to being okay with maybe finding a guy in the middle rounds? Because if yeah. you're not looking for him to come in and be a difference maker right away, mm-hmm. then maybe you're okay with – third round maybe later that's very valid i think this I whole draft this yeah. whole draft is dependent you can say on the agency. exact same thing yeah Barnacle. i i think they're going to go get a, a veteran linebacker I do because too. they've done this in the past where they 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 fill holes they fill these spots before you even get the draft weekend and then you say let's go best player available with a little bit of a need thrown in there okay so i i think either way you're going to have a veteran linebacker already in the building Check. whenever the draft comes around 
if if you don't, then I think the the need is even heightened. Yeah. I think it Check. gets to the point where it's your second, third round. You've got to get somebody in those rounds just based off of a need standpoint. That's a good question, I Nick. still think it is. That was a good question, Nick. Yeah. Well, a good comment in regard to what's happening with linebacker right now yeah. in the nation. We are going to take Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson as our second pick, just okay. for the sake of being different since we already have a, a scenario with Cooper. So we're going to take Trotter. In the third round, you get to pick number 87 in the third round. Jacksonville's calling, trying to trying to move up a couple picks. I'm, I'm they done somebody trading. that they like. <laughs> they, they offered you 155 I'm and 195 and to go down for, what is this, nine spots. You go down nine yeah. spots. You're done trading? Uh, you take those. I mean, you get two more yeah. picks to go along with what you've already got. I, I will say, I think... I think there's going to be a draft day trade for the Cowboys gonna at be. some point. I definitely agree. I, there has to be. I, you, you look at the needs, especially depth needs as well. Um, pair that with kind of what you expect the 2023 draft class to contribute next season. I think you got to pick up at least one more pick at some point yeah. along the way. So um, I, I'm not ruling it out. But. Right, right now we're going to pretend like we hung up the phone. We're okay. going to draft at 87. Okay. Uh, we've got Renardo Green, Florida State, Leonard Taylor, the third out of Miami, <laughs> Nick's favorite player of all time. Uh, Ruke Oro from Clemson okay. is still available in the third round. Johnny Wilson from Florida State, wide receiver. Christian Mahogany, guard from Boston College, who we saw have a nice week here at the Shrine Bowl. What are running backs looking like? Blake Corum is right there, running back from Michigan. He's going to faint. Would you take that? Would you just p- go ahead and yes. put, turn in the card at that point? Is Bucky Irving still? Yes, on? he is. I was just about to say his. Then name. I'm not going to take Blake Corum here, and wow. I would take Bucky Irving with what is that 93? Uh-huh. I would try to take Bucky Irving with 93. So you're trying to try and and see would, if he would wait. Yeah, and I, I would get a high value guy here. So who are you thinking high value guy? Best player available. I think you go get you know a, a guy that can that can come in on either side of the ball and be able to contribute right away. The guy who they have listed as best player available right now is Ruke Oro Oro, followed by Leonard Taylor. Or Oro. Is that, the, is that your guy? Ding, 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 ding. Still, <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks. I, I need it. to I like go. That. I need to go. I, I wrote him down in my notes because Brian mentioned him last week. I keep yeah. hearing people mention his name. Tell me about him. Uh, six foot four, 295 pounds. Uh, I mean, he's a top 100 prospect. Mm-hmm. Defensive snaps last year had 400 defensive snaps, had five sacks, four hits, 17 hurries from the in- inside. Uh, really lined up in the B gap more than anything throughout his career was that that three technique okay. at Clemson. Pretty good player overall. Okay. I think if you're talking about uh, are you talking inconsistencies with him, is that the number one knock for him? He had really good games against some of the bigger opponents and then struggled against Georgia Tech, struggled against Florida State. My, my one thing with him is he's raw. Okay. So it, it would Maybe probably take some development. Um, he's he's from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, he came into Clemson as as a big time. Um, uh, um length prospect mm-hmm. they thought he would kind of be an edge he slid inside as he grew and filled out so but he he has that versatility as a result so i mean it, it's kind of like a um i, I don't want to compare it to a viliama fajoko situation as far as being able to be inside and be outside it's more so maybe a um uh, osa digizua situation as far as being able to play i'm turning in the card yeah, I, right think, I think I am as well. Yeah, and you got the length, you got the aggression. Um, I, I think you want that in the interior. If it if it takes a whole year to develop the guy, then you're okay with that. If you get another pick at ninety three, what do you think this interior is going to look like? Uh, as far as I mean, I don't know what I don't know what Neville Gallimore's uh, 
contract is like he's a free agent chauncey goldston uh chauncey's still here for another year okay so is osa okay they were in the same draft so uh i mean there's there's possibilities maybe you are looking towards okay yeah Yeah. maybe you are looking towards i i i will say that a three tech is interesting to me He's but a I've, smaller three tech though. He's more of like an Osa. I don't want to compare he's the more two. Of an Osa? Yeah, okay. but uh, I'm gonna look at him tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna look at him tonight. I would. Him up I'd say times. it's a good pick here. I really do because you've already you've shored up your your offensive line. You've gotten a linebacker. Go get you a D tackle that you feel like you can get some value on. And you talk about length. That's, yeah, that's a big thing for him too. Yeah, so Blake Corm pick was definitely appealing. So well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. think you would you rather try and risk it and see if he falls to 93? Risk it for the biscuit. Let's risk um, it for the biscuit. <laughs> uh, he may be there at 93 too. Would yeah. that be a conversation? Uh, or would or you oral? rather have Bucky Irving? Or Oro? Uh, or Oro. Uh, are you talking about Corum? I'm talking about Corum or Bucky. Um, well, let's see. Let's see what happens at 93 here. <laughs> so we took Ruke or Oro. Bang, we're at 93. Blake Corum is still available, and so is Bucky Irving. They're cool. both there. I've been high on Corum, but I'm starting I'm to get cool. higher on Irving the more that I dive into him. Wow. Yeah. It's, 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 it's close for me, but I'm taking either of them. I, I look to Jerry Jones, and I say, hey, I like both of these guys. Your choice. All right, Jerry Jones, what are you taking? <laughs> oh, I, would, I was about to say uh, I'm conflicted because some of the things I heard from players at Mm -hmm. the Shrine Bowl in regard to Corum made me be like, okay, well, maybe he can be a little bit more physical downhill because I was, that's my thing about him is like, you look at a lot of the things he does, he's elusive, he's shifty, he's, he's evading tacklers and stuff. So I always worried about, okay, how is he going to do with having to possibly, you know, do some third down stuff and whatever the case may be. But hearing, I have heard multiple players talk about his physicality and, and feeling his presence. But Bucky Irvin just, he's 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 a fun player with his big, play, <laughs> big playability, breakaway speed. He has finishing speed. He's decisive when he sees it. He just goes. Um, I like his patience when he's waiting for things to progress. I, I like the player. I would go with Bucky. I, I would go with Bucky. Go with there. Bucky. Who, who do you feel like pairs better with Tony Pollard? Out of Bucky or Blake? I would say Bucky because he can do. He's is it is it because of the the build? A little bit more size, so yeah, I guess Bucky. He's a little bit Go more size to me. The pick is Bucky Irving. Wow, running back out of Oregon. So your draft in this third scenario, the trade down scenario: Graham Barton, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Ruke Oro, and Bucky Irving. Your four picks. And you still have a fourth-round pick coming up your way. That's not bad. Is that the best scenario overall? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's not bad at all, y'all. So do you exchange exchange the possibility of getting Amarius Mims for getting um, Ruke or Oro and whoever you would pick up in the fourth? Yeah, pretty much. Do you think uh, Baltimore would give a third and a fourth to move up six spots? Uh, In the first round, it would be... It would be tight. Gosh. It, really it, on the, the trade chart, you win the trade based off of the You trade definitely chart. win the trade. Yeah, you win the trade you based off of the trade, trade chart. But if they have a guy that they like enough, why not? Go up yeah. and get it. When is the last time we've seen something like that? Where you were like, they just like this player. And you might have been like, now what is going on here? But a team did some outlandish stuff because they liked the player. Look. I mean, the Raiders do it every year, I feel like. Uh, every, Bears every the other Bears year. every other year. I, I'm telling you, whenever... 49ers. I, I loved Bryce Young coming out last year, mm-hmm. but the Panthers giving up their first this yeah. year to go and grab him at number one. Mm-hmm. And that's... With all the building I mean, you picked up... Chauncey Golston was your, your pick whenever you traded back two spots in the 2021 draft 
to pick up Micah Parsons. You, you drop back, Philadelphia traded up there. They went and got Devontae Smith, jumped in front of the Giants to do so. And then all of a sudden you've got you you've got a third round pick to move down two spots. I think it's possible you could get a third and a fourth out of moving down six spots later in the it's first fair. round. I think you could get there. It's fair. Um, as long as you stay in the first round, I think you're okay. I don't I don't want to drop out of the first to make something happen yeah. like that. I feel like the fifth um, round's gonna be a little nuts. Yeah, probably gonna be day three. Early on day three, we're gonna have fun on the show. I wouldn't be shocked if they. We talked about the scenario where Jacksonville calls in round two, and there's multiple picks on the line in day three. I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas pulls a parachute there and moves down a couple spots. Mm. Uh, It would be interesting to see what what happens because they probably need the draft capital and they can finagle their board to make it happen. We were able to do it here and it worked out in our favor. All right. When we come back here on the draft show, it's time for some Twitter on the 20. We're answering your Twitter questions next. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfwis.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. It's time now for some... It's not working. Oh, Twitter Bieber, on the 20, no. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. It was like very right, briefly in the back, but I appreciate you guys. I'm All right. <laughs> yeah. do, 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 Twitter, Twitter, Can Twitter. Can I try that again? The, yeah, let's try it. Yes. Time for some Twitter, Twitter on the 20. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. is a magician. I got to get the tone. He's a magician. All right. Brandon asks, can you guys talk about Iowa defensive back Cooper DeJean hmm. and his versatility? Could it be similar to Kyle Hamilton's? At the NFL level, plus he could he be a good fit for Dallas, regardless 
of coordinator. What do you think? Yeah, I like Cooper DeGene. I don't know if it's oh, DeGene, DeJean. It's DeGene. Uh, I, I, I believe it's DeGene. I think he's French. <laughs> French. Um, no, Cooper, <laughs> Cooper DeGene. DeJean um, Mustard or whatever it is. I, I, I like the versatility point. I, I think more so, though, I, I, you look at his size and what he's able to bring to that Iowa defensive backfield and kind of how he contributed. I think the versatility was more so what he was asked to do in the run game in the Big Ten, and he's really good at doing that. You know, I talked about Tyler Newbin at Minnesota, uh, another safety that I, I believe is one of the most elite run defenders you can look at for a safety prospect. Cooper DeGene is in that same kind of range, but I think DeGene brings more from a pass uh, coverage standpoint as well. Uh, played with multiple schemes as well there at Iowa. I mean, you look at that Iowa defense and what they have done the last few years, and they are the reason that they are able to stack 10 win seasons and, and make bowl games because their yes. offense is so putrid. Um, but yeah, Cooper DeGene... <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> yeah, Cooper DeGene I think could be a first-round type guy by when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. uh, but at the, at the very latest, I, I think early second round pick could be in Cooper DeGene's future he's fun he's really fun I, I he can do both things well from a run and pass coverage standpoint um his build as far as versatility goes I think the next level that probably wouldn't translate as much but I would trust him in run and uh, uh being able to stop the run so like if, if you want to go and grab and reach on a safety in the second round if he somehow slips to 56 it wouldn't be the worst pick in the world so you don't so you wouldn't want him doing wait first of all so you wouldn't want him doing anything inside as far as defend <laughs> as a defender <laughs> I, I think he could do it all. That's what I'm saying. Like, the versatility okay. is there. Okay, you think I just he, don't know how well it would translate at the next level. Oh, I don't, okay. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's actually what stood out to me. This is a multi-sport athlete as well. And, we, you know, we like those uh, basketball track, baseball. He did it all. Um, you mentioned how much he is involved in the run game. I mean, he had 120 tackles. Um, I feel like he also, too, he – I like – I wrote down that he's a strong tackler. Uh, the size is – the size is – I think his size is pretty good, man. Like, I know that a lot of people might think that he's a little on the smaller side, but I don't feel like he does. I feel like he plays big yeah, he and does. how he does things. And um, his, his, uh, yo, his change of direction is crazy. Yeah. His his hip turn and the way he flips his hips and changes direction and direction and drives is something that really stood out to me. He has a lot of explosion out of his backpedal. I like the player a lot. And to your point about Iowa, I mean, I'm listen, I'm I'm a Hawkeye person all day, all day. You're right about their defense being the difference maker for them, specifically their secondary. They're well coached out there. You can see it, yeah. like because he also has some zone. He's his awareness is good in zone as well to be such a young player in in this game. So, yeah, I would I like Cooper. Uh, my friends. By the way, based off of the Iowa Athletic Department website, the pronunciation is Cooper DeGene. 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 So DeGene. It, it's DeGene. Like you've got a little bit of a J in there, but you kind of roll over. <laughs> Cooper DeGene. Does the injury matter to you at all? No. no. Okay. I mean, I. Medicals are so tough. I, let me let me let me backtrack. Medicals are so tough. Let me know what happens after combine. Tracking. Yeah, I just want. That's how I feel about all these guys that have medical concerns. Let I me know after wondered. combine. And also too, I mean, he has like some special too. teams ability as a returner. I don't know how often you will want him doing that, but he does have that ability. He's shown the he's shown that he can do that and be um, and be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be a weapon. Effective. Yeah, yeah, he's a weapon. Hey, whoa. You got it. <laughs> My brain turned off. All right. Vincent asked, I love this question. Okay. Who is the Tyler Smith of this draft? The offensive lineman that is off our radars at the moment. Mm. And we'll have everyone freaking out when we quote unquote reach for him at 24. <laughs> I, I think that's a phenomenal question because it's not just Tyler Smith. It happened yeah. with Zach Martin. It happened with Tyler Frederick. It happened with a lot of players. I mean, they know how to draft offensive linemen across the hallway. 
So even though we've got these other names highly vaulted and how we've put them at the top of the list, there are going to be some other names that are available later on. There's two guys that I have second-round grades on that I just like. I'm not necessarily saying the Cowboys will reach the 24. I had a second on, on Tyler Smith as well. There you go. So. I'm not necessarily saying the, uh, that the Cowboys would reach in the second round or reach at 24 for these two guys, but these two guys kind of give me those similar vibes. Christian Haynes at UConn, the guard we talked about last week. He yeah. showed that dog last week, and he's, man, he's good. He, he plays guard. He can play Group center. Of five school, non-power five school. There you go. Okay. There you go. Yeah, it just kind of falls in line. And then Patrick Paul out of Houston. Uh, I have a later second round grade on him, but he's so massive. Six foot seven. His length is Unreal. Uh, I think it was an 84 inch wingspan that he he uh, had at the con- or not a combine at Senior, Senior Bowl. Bowl, and he had a really good week at Senior Bowl. I, I know we've talked about Patrick Paul a little bit here on this show and the inconsistency. Maybe there's a little bit of mobility concerns, but man, he looked really good at Senior Bowl. I, I have to give him that. I, I he wasn't the best tackle in attendance, but he was better than I expected him to be. There's, if I remember correctly, Tyler Smith also showed out in the All-Star Games. I can't remember which one he was in specifically. It might have been no, it wasn't Senior Bowl because he came out as a young. So it wasn't an all-star game. What did he show out in? Oh, let me look. Maybe combine. It might have been a combine thing. Yeah. It was something that he sparked that conversation yeah. even more. So maybe it was combine or pro day. But, I mean, he also was just an athletic freak coming yeah. out of school. So you kind of knew that was coming. I like that, though. Those are two good names. It's hard. Anybody else on your radar or off your radar? Yeah, but he's not a I love tackle. Say it. Who is it? It doesn't have to be a tackle. It doesn't have to be a left tackle. It could just be an offensive lineman. Nope. Um... I hope I say his name correctly. Uh, Talise Fuaga. I got us. I got us on this one. Talise Fuaga. Talise Fuaga. There we are. Okay. All right. Right, ta- right tackle, Oregon State. Yo. Have mercy. Yeah. When I tell you this gentleman is, when I say, when you say moving people out the way. Yeah. I mean, it. he plays like he takes you touching his quarterback personally, which he should. But he feel like he take it real personal. Like he doesn't, like the, the I, I wrote down. Um, he's very aware and active, strong and lead blocking downfield and down blocking. Um, he can get off combos and get upfield to the defender to the second level. The movement is just crazy. The the footwork is is so good. He has fantastic balance, um, and the uh, the footwork allows him to keep the defender in front of him. Uh, he has a steady anchor. He doesn't have a lot of wasted movement in his game. He's very refined to be as young as he is to me. I mean, and he's obviously he's played a good amount of football. He pops out of his stance. I just, dog, I like the player. If you want a tone-setting offensive lineman mm-hmm. that's going to come in there and maul guys in the run game, but also, too, he can stay in front of guys in, in the uh, passing game, this is a player, dog. Like, I, I think people should keep him on their radar. Um, he's a right tackle, so, I mean, I don't think the Cowboys are interested in right tackle. However, whoever gets him is, is about to get a player, my friend. I, I've been kind of working on a first-round mock draft that I have about 90% complete. I have him going 10th overall to the Jets. 10th? Yeah. yeah. He. I was going to say the only freakout that would happen from Cowboys Nation is if, one, he fell – and two, if they traded all the, the draft capital to go up and get him yeah. inside the top 50. Oh, that would be a reach. So he's heavy. So he's he's known. He is known. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I have another guy then. Go, go for it. That's a right tackle. Okay. Uh, Travis Glover, Georgia By the way, I don't want to shame you for your, your, your scouting report there because you're spot on with the dude. I Absolutely. Mean, Fuaga is a phenomenal I, player. I, I don't know why phenomenal. I thought like, well, because it's Oregon State. So yeah, I, I, in my mind, I thought like maybe he would be under the radar. But um, other gentlemen that I saw that definitely has some flex as well, Travis Glover. Um, he was at the Senior Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. That's um, cool. Uh, Georgia, Georgia State. Okay. 
Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia State. He's 6'6", uh, 327 pounds. It's about 330, give or take. I don't You know, all these mixed reviews on the size and stuff. <laughs> um, he played tackle most of his career. Uh, besides the, the latter part of his career, he got kicked to guard. So he definitely still needs some refining there. But, again, he was steady there, and that, that shows some of his versatility as well. Um, he got an invite to the Senior Bowl because of an injury to another tackle, and he mm. just made the best out of it. Um, he, he shuffles at times. He could be more consistent with his striking, and um, he but he can keep rushers at bay with his balance and his length he's suitable he has suitable play strength it's 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 more but it's, it's beyond average it, it definitely he could put on more strength he picks up second level defenders in the run game he's able to shed um oh if he can get his feet to marry his hands yeah this is this could be a guy that could be um a steady part of an offensive line and um, I think he does have great awareness when it comes to blitz and stunt pickups. I think a lot of that comes because he isn't used to playing in a phone book, phone booth. He's used to being on the outside and he's having to read and things like that. I like the player. Um, he ain't afraid to tussle. He a five-year five year starter. He has a lot of experience. I, I think he could go under the radar a little bit because he is he did go to a smaller school, but he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on and see how uh, see how people respond to him. I mean, you look at the Sun Belt, the conference that Georgia State is in. Mm-hmm. You see the development that they've been putting out the last few years. I'm I'm starting to trust Trench Sun Belt guys a Tracking. little bit. So, what was his name one more time? Just his so I can name write is it down. Travis Glover. Travis Glover. Him, State. He's a pretty big human. Very nice. I'm gonna have to watch him later on. Yeah. You you who was the offensive lineman that you? picked up early last year that was like off of the radar it was, a, it was the nc state oh yeah um what was his name don't remind me because he, he was dinged up a lot this yeah, year <laughs> he had some injuries. Had but some he injuries. was a good player coming out yes though. he was he's, he's just dealt with some injuries and we'll see i bet i know who you don't i'm not allowed. you are not about to get me fired no i would never uh all right one last one we'll try and sneak this in okay uh does the uncertainty and late to the game approach with the defensive staff put dallas behind in the draft process based off of mm. what you know about how things are run around here nick yeah we talked about this last week on the show there's an bit. organizational structure i think in the scouting department as far as what they're looking for on both right. sides of the ball i think there's a need on this team um uh, objectively um I, I i think any coordinator that would come in would tell you the same thing uh, there's a need right down the spine of the defense you got to get defensive interior help you got to get linebacker help you got to get some safety help at some point as well uh, and you probably need some corner depth so i, I don't think there's uh, maybe from a schematic standpoint you know whenever a coordinator comes in he might prefer one guy over the other but the the scouting department's job is to look at the entire board look at every single option uh understand what each prospect does better and what scheme what uh, what uh, situations they do better in and then have that ready for who whoever's making the decisions up top yeah i think there's some good foundational pieces here that i think any d coordinator would be cool with coming yeah. in and having to build off of um I, i'm i i i don't i listen my anxiety don't like it i ain't even gonna hold you like i'm like hey yep. hurry this up so we can know what's going on but to your point nick you know these these folks have a way of doing things they have a way of how they operate but it it does make me it gives me anxiety as a person having to wait for it but yeah. i'm sure they don't I'm sure they're not pressed like we are. No, they've got all year to research these guys. They're going to present the players either way. Mm -hmm. We might talk, if we know on Thursday who the defensive coordinator is, we'll talk about what type of players they like, who you should maybe look into. Um, So on Thursday's show, we might dive in a little bit more on that. All right, when we come back, we're going to review the Senior Bowl as the national team takes down the American team 16-7. to There were some ups, there were some downs, but really the great week of practice down in Mobile. We'll talk about it when we come back right after this.
Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap at the Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. So we welcome you back in, Nick Harris, Aisha Morrison, Chris Beam in the back here on this Tuesday, 79 days away from the NFL Draft. We've got Brian, Bobby, and Zach all doing their thing, having the conversations necessary out at Radio Row on 105.3 The Fan. You can listen to them throughout the day on the Cowboys flagship station. But we've got to talk about the Senior Bowl. Mobile, Alabama playing host to the Senior Bowl, where the national team took down the American team 16-7 to in the 2024 event at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. I want to talk about it. It's, it's always a week-long process. It's a week-long job interview, ultimately, for these guys that are going out there. And the three days of practice are significant to their draft stock, significant to how coaches and scouts and personnel learn these players, both inside and out. How does the game affect things, Nick? I, I know it wasn't really a great <laughs> product because a lot of the top names in the event dropped out at the last minute. Yeah, and that's what makes the, the game tough from an evaluation standpoint because you look at the practices throughout the week and you're hoping to see certain guys on opposite teams line up against each other in the game. Mm-hmm. For example, like a Jackson Powers Johnson versus Tavondre Sweat. We weren't able to see that. There were a lot of guys that pulled out late um, uh, from the game, and so that kind of waters down what the game brings from a evaluation standpoint and a scouting standpoint. So you look at top performers from the game, you look at Spencer Radler. You know, I, I, It kind of opens up an opportunity for these quarterbacks 
quarterbacks for sure because the quarterbacks stick around yes. because the game is their bigger biggest proving opportunity. Uh, but you look at the other position groups. If I mean, it, it makes sense. If I'm going in as a you know potential second round pick into Senior Bowl week, I have a great week of practice. People are talking about me as a late first round guy now. I'm shutting it down. Like it, it makes sense. The agents get on the phone. They're like, Hey man, your hamstring hurts. Get off the field. <laughs> so I mean, it's it, it's get it's what happens. Um, and, and you can't blame them. I mean, this is a business. This is their business too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't blame it one bit. But it just it does kind of make the game a little bit more watered down from that standpoint it gives other guys opportunities to to shine and certainly there were a couple guys that did that that we'll dive into but yeah definitely um it's not what the senior bowl probably was 10 15 years ago from that standpoint yeah i mean i guess i you know i always bounce back questions uh how what what is a way to maybe counter that nothing really you can do the way draft coverage is right now and as much draft media is now in mobile for this event i mean there's there's talk and buzz every single hour every single day Mm -hmm. and so whenever buzz is really rising about a certain guy and he's like okay this guy is going to bridge into first round territory now you you see that you understand that hype and you understand the reputable voices it comes from and you pull out and you didn't have that 10 15 years ago 10 15 years ago there wasn't as there wasn't nearly as much media i think chris beam could speak to it in the back there wasn't nearly as much media as there was uh as there is these days so um you know you didn't really know what your stock looked like until after the week was done yeah i definitely got more value from the practices and watching all that stuff than Mm -hmm. watching the game that Um, practice film is gold because it's good on good you talked about it Mm -hmm. last week i mean that's huge stuff but based off of what you did see in the game did anybody see their stock rise and we can we could say it as a week as a whole yeah, I'll talk about the game specifically because okay. we, we talked about the practices quite a bit last week when I was here. Um, I'll talk about the game specifically at least. Two guys that really improved their stock. I want to start with Spencer Rattler. Went four for four, 65 yards and a touchdown. It was a, a well-placed ball on the touchdown pass as well. Um, I, I'm I'm really proud of Spencer Rattler. I don't know the guy. I don't have any personal attachment to the guy, but I'm, <laughs> I'm I am proud of say. him. He went into that was uh, that 2021 season, and he was projected by everybody to be the number one overall pick going into that 2022 draft and it was like okay this is the next great Oklahoma quarterback you had Baker Mayfield you had Kyler Murray Jalen Hurts now it's Spencer Rattler it's his time it's the one that Lincoln Riley has actually developed in his time there this guy's going to be phenomenal right because the previous three were transfers and then he has a first five six games it's up and down and then Caleb Williams takes his job in the middle of the season in the Texas game and people forget about Spencer Rattler getting dogged he transfers to South Carolina has two really good seasons at South Carolina this last year really strong as well and then he goes into the senior bowl he's showing what he can do he's going to end up a fourth round pick I believe um had a had a great week and I I think he was the most consistent quarterback there in a game that had Bo Nix out of Oregon Michael Penix out of Washington um Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame and then another guy that I think really improved their stock during the game specifically is a Washington State corner slash nickel slash safety I think you can do a lot of things with him Cho Smith Wade who's actually training here in Dallas during the draft process um he had a big interception return off of Joe Milton the quarterback out of Tennessee uh he had a really good week too he stood out to me he had one rep early in the week where he got put on his backside um on a quick move I forgot who was uh the receiver on that rep but ever since that first rep that he took where that happened every single rep after that was strong um I, I really like the week that Cho Smith Wade put together uh he's a guy that I really liked coming out of the game too yeah um Travis Glover the right tackle I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. he had some serious pancakes at the uh the second level in the senior bowl I think he did rise his stock as well um I want to mention a uh, running back Imani Bailey out of TCU yeah I um felt like his stock went up this week one of the more consistent players of the week um I I think he's his own scheme fit, number one. Uh, it's a very patient runner. It's a gift and a curse sometimes. Sometimes I do think he could be a little bit more. But I, that's what I was looking for this week is 
can he just see it and go? Because when you look at his tape, sometimes he displays a lot of. I, I said he's very cutty and dancey. Um, <laughs> I know there's not those aren't real football words, but who cares? Um, and so I wanted to see if he had that that burst when he saw when he saw the hole and he saw it open up. I think he showed that um, in the game and through practice. Um, he can make people miss in the open field. And uh, coming out of the backfield, but he's not a burner, but he can attack the edge very uh, effectively as well. I like his vision in the open field, and you can see it in the screen game. Um, I, I, I like I like the player. He has size and pass pro. Um, he's not a punishing every down back, but he always falls forward, and you know that pisses people off. And I like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, he plays with a lot of wiggle. I think we could see him maybe be one of the guys that they have here on Dallas Day. We know how important Dallas Day is um, for the draft and for this team specifically. Um, not a lot of running backs have been standing out like crazy to me as of late, but he was one of the guys that I thought had a good week this week, yes, for sure. I'm going to go and throw a name out there, somebody who actually caught Monty Bailey from behind. In this, how about defensive tackle from Florida State, Braden Fisk? Mm -hmm. All week long, he was on the American roster. He was having a good week of practice. He was standing out. He was doing some things, put together some good film. Then the morning of the Senior Bowl, he gets a call from Jim Nagy and says, hey, bud, the the national team needs a, a, a lift. They don't have enough defensive linemen. Can you flip squads for the game? Uh -huh. He said, absolutely. And then he comes out there and he has four tackles, a tackle and a half for loss, and he comes out and he makes – he had a half a sack as well and then had a pressure to force an incomplete pass in one game for a team that he didn't practice with, a team that he practiced with on the other side of the ball, and then had a phenomenal week altogether. I thought he was a really fun watch. I thought he was a really fun uh, story at the end of it. He was the first player ever to flip sides midway through the week at the Senior Bowl for the game. So uh, made a little bit of history there, and he showed out in doing so. A yeah. couple of notes about both of your guys. I'll start with Amani Bailey. Uh, Denton Ryan High School, uh, you mentioned Dallas Day. He would most likely be a part of that. The um, but uh, something also interesting about Amani Bailey, and this is what I really liked out of Kendra Miller coming out of the draft last year. I think that ACL injury really hurt him, though. Yeah, I, yeah. He didn't have the production in his rookie season that I would have expected to, uh, for him to have with the Saints. Coming out as a running back out of TCU last year, position coach coaching running backs for the uh, TCU Horn Frogs, Anthony Jones Jr., coached uh, Tony Pollard at Memphis. Um, you kind of see wh where the development has, has gone with Anthony Jones and the, the backs that he's been able to pr produce year in and year out. There's another Memphis back that, that performed well in the league recently that I can't think off the top of my head for some reason. Um. Uh, Keep going. I, yeah. I'm blank, blanking on it, too. <laughs> uh, but uh, to the point on Braden Fiske, uh, Western Michigan um, was his previous school. And you look at Marshawn Neeland, uh, who's a potential second-round uh, edge rusher out of Western Michigan. Look at that Western Michigan defensive line development. Right. I'd love to see that. I just wanted to throw that out there. D'Angelo Williams, maybe? No, nah, it's been more recent, yeah. more recent than that. But. Yeah, I, I, the, is Fiske? F uh, I've been calling it Fiske. So. Oh, well. Kenneth Gainwell. Is oh. it Kenneth Gainwell? Yeah, oh. and Antonio Gibson. Yep, and oh. Daryl Henderson. I mean, that's. I mean, they they've got a ton of guys out there. Yeah, I'm on Memphis. That have been running backs. Um, that's RBU right now, honestly. Yeah. Wait. RBU. RB. Oh. Running back university. Running back university. Wow. Somebody needs <laughs> a Glad nap. you caught up. Well done. <laughs> Listen, um, I one of my favorite things about Brandon Brandon Fisky 
is how he attacks linemen hand, linesmen, linemen's hands. Mm -hmm. He's very fast off the ball, but uh, he is swatting at people's hands. He has a few rip moves. I just, I was, and then the balance he has, long arms. I was, like, I was surprised by him. I was surprised by him the first two times I yeah. seen him come off the ball and just how quick he came off the ball. But I just love how he attacks their hands, and, and I think that's important for a guy his size as well. So, yeah, we'll keep. I, I'm gonna go watch him a little bit more. He had a really good year for that Florida State defensive front. And if we're being completely honest, of course, like the storyline with Florida State at the end of this year was the fact that they went undefeated, were left out of the college football playoff. It wasn't the defense's fault. That defense They was got some players. Nasty. I was studying some. Yeah, and they're gonna night. they're gonna produce a lot of NFL talent off of that defense. Mm -hmm. It was really that was an elite level defense and just the offense couldn't go overcome some of their injuries at the end of the year to really get there. But Enjoy it, everybody. We've got a couple days. Thursday, we'll be back 11 a.m. Central Time to break down a little bit more of the film that we've got. We may even give a call out to Radio Row on Thursday and check in with Brian and Zach and Bobby and see who's available for those. Because uh... they certainly won't be having a good time without us. Yeah, like they, we, we got to be a part of it. So we may, we may give them a call on Thursday as well. But hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We will be back Thursday with more of The Draft Show. For Chris Beam, Nick Harris, Aisha Morris, and I'm Kyle. Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you on Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!